0: All right, how's it going? My name's Matt Barr. You're listening to the Looking Sideways Action Sports podcast, the show where I look into the most fascinating stories in action sports and other related endeavors. Thank you for tuning into this episode. Hope you enjoy it. If you're one of the many, many new listeners that I've picked up over the last few weeks, then welcome. Nice to have you here. All right, this week's guest is a very close friend of mine. It's Lauren McCallum. Lauren's a writer, broadcaster and activist who I've known for a few years now. She is, as you're going to see, a great conversationalist. Someone with very interesting ideas on a wide range of topics. And she's somebody I've been meaning to get on the show for a while now. Now, originally, I was going to chat to her for Type 2, the podcast that I do with Patagonia. Indeed, I did a Type 2 live with her at the height of the lockdown on my own in the Patagonia Europe channels. But for the main event, I thought I'd bring her on to the main podcast so we could have the type of freewheeling no stone unturned conversation a force of nature like lauren really requires lauren's got a considered compassionate view of activism and also progressiveness in general i'm gonna say she's somebody i always really enjoy talking to when i need some perspective really we chat fairly frequently and uh chatted this week actually for various reasons we get into in the podcast Yeah, so when we'd done that, I thought, you know what, let's get her on and continue our ongoing conversation on here, which is what we did. So there's loads to get stuck into on this one, including an account of Lauren's route into the industry. And above all, that aforementioned, considered, compassionate, those words again, view of community and activism in general. I mean, it's one of the things that struck me over the last few weeks. One of the things we discussed in our conversation is just how... I'm going to be polite, underdeveloped the conversation is around any type of political issue, really, in outdoor and action sports. You've got people denying that privilege even exists and then showing with their very, again, I'm going to be generous, unformed thoughts that it very much does exist. As I've said at various points in various conversations I've had over the last few weeks, it isn't as if these concepts and ideas haven't been extensively poured over and debated for literally hundreds of years. Um, But what's clear is that the majority of our community is grappling with it all very publicly for the very first time. And that the leaders you might expect to, well, lead on this are among the most unsure of where to start. Now Lauren's experience and insights make her the type of non-judgmental and progressive leader I think we do need at this time which comes across very clearly in our conversation and is exactly why I got her on the podcast. She's also fucking funny. The line, I can't change the world if I think it's run by fucking lizards, is already one of my favourite ever-looking sideways quotes. Sorry about the swear words there, especially if you've got it on in the car with the kids. Anyway, going to leave it there. I'll be back at the end for Housekeeping Corner. Promise it isn't as long as last week. Um, But in the meantime, here's me and Lauren. Compassionate revolution. Enjoy we're on we're on this is it it's happening
1: i know who'd have thought
0: after all after all the conversations after all the hype (laughs) after me putting you off last night because i was too tired um which is nice to be able to do when it's a friend rather than, like I said, have to be the whole, like, podcast presenter guy, you know. <laughs> um, here we are. How are you doing? Here
1: we are. Yeah, good, good. I mean, uh, yeah, I went for a little swim this morning. Um, so, yeah, enjoying the little cold water dips, uh, which is quite nice. But, yeah, just uh, something that's just started doing, like, the last kind of, couple of weeks there, just because it's been, it's been pretty nuts, eh? Last couple of weeks. <laughs> so, are you
0: doing them every morning? Are you getting up like super early and getting in?
1: Yeah, like not not like super, super early, like 6am, but yeah, trying to leave here around about 7ish. And then right, quick quick duke and then then in and out and back at the desk for 8.30 or whatever. So Are, 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 you,
0: are you buying into the whole, you know, like rise fierce, mental health? like um, cold war immersion wim like, hof
1: not really <laughs> like because
0: it's a proper it's a proper thing isn't yeah. it you know like the yeah t- i mean i i'm a big i'm a big proponent of it like um because i yeah i th- I think it works it works for me um like to get in the water definitely
1: yeah like uh i, I totally don't deny any of it or whatever but I, it's, it wasn't like my main sort of reason to get into it i guess like in the summer, I've just enjoyed cycling around and going for cold dips or like, you know, either on the road bike or mountain bike. And it's just kind of turned into this like, yeah, the full frontal float club.
0: <laughs> nice. So, and where are you going? Is it in Abbeymore?
1: Yeah, so I live, yes, I live in Abbeymore um, in the Highlands, as you know. Uh, so just been going to Morlick, which is the one that's at the bottom of Cairngorm uh, a bit. And then there's right. some other locks around here. But or less quite good because it's, it's quite sandy, so you can be in and out, and it's less of a faff of a walk in or whatever. So yeah. No,
0: uh, I think I know the what. Yeah, it's like where you drive up; it's on the right, isn't it? And there's the camping. There's there's little camper van berths, and yeah, yeah, I know exactly where it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Nice. It must be cold though, right?
1: Yes, yeah, it's, it's totally freezing. It's so cold. Um, but it's good, and like I think, the sort of beauty. And I'm never really been one of these like you know uh anti-tourist people but i guess it's one of the things that's come out of coronavirus that's you know usually right now we'd be full swing tourism mode you know Aviemore would be bursting at the seams but because um yeah because tourism which is a vital lifeline for for the highlands really is just non-existent it's dead it's 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 completely dead so yeah skinny dips at 7am (laughs) are All right, all
0: right, suddenly that suddenly it's on you yeah, can do it you
1: can do it without people like cooking their breakfast staring at you yeah
0: going <laughs> okay, like is this uh, put it away love Yeah, yeah. Totally. so um, how and how is how is that being taken in the community this obviously unprecedented slash unusual slash um unprecedented slash unusual <laughs> period of history that we're living through
1: yeah, I mean, I think it's. A...
0: I'm definitely overusing that gag. I should probably stop <laughs> making that j- that same joke every episode.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's it's true, right? It's this unprecedented discomfort. It's because, definitely unprecedented. Yeah. That's that's
0: the words you keep hearing a yeah, lot. Yeah,
1: unprecedented. I, I mean, um, I think a lot of people are are nervous. A lot of people are pretty stressed out. Um, I mean, furlough has seemed to help a lot of people, but there's a lot of a lot of people that have kind of fallen through the cracks here. So. Um, yeah, I, I'd say, um, you know, yeah, people are just generally nervous, and I think that's quite a uh, a sort of common a common feeling. But also, I guess people just try to take it day by day and do things like going out on their bike and taking advantage of trails that are empty and locks that are deserted. So yeah, um, uh, I guess some people are enjoying enjoying being at this time of year where it's yeah where it's usually hoaching <laughs> to to being pretty bad. Yeah. But I think um yeah, people are ready for, for things to open back up again because you know, no one's making any money. <laughs> everyone's pretty nervous, you know. Yeah. Um so yeah, I think everyone's kinda looking forward to getting back to normality really. Like I'm pretty sure most of us are.
0: On the bright side though, no better time to be the author of the Definitive Guide to Uh Travelling in Scotland. <laughs> as 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 you are so surely because you know it's the year it's officially the year of the staycation yeah so um so you know how's how's book sales
1: well um actually you get in touch with them I I just ordered like a hundred books because uh uh, off the publisher before this happened and I was like oh great uh so yeah um which is actually quite funny because I buy them more expensive off the publisher than Amazon sell them. <laughs> so I've got this like big bill to pay, but um, yeah, I mean, the kind of bright side two two months later or something is that, yeah, this is going to be the year of staycation. So hopefully people use Hidden Scotland as, as, uh, <laughs> as a guide to inspiration to, to exploring their, their, their back garden. So yeah, I mean, was initially shitting it, but now it, it might turn out all right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> was that the worst deadline of your life?
1: that was like genuinely one of the worst deadlines ever of my whole entire life
0: <laughs> yeah i i wrote a, a guidebook in tw- 2005 like a snowboarding guidebook and that was comfortably the most stressful work deadline of my entire life like the the, the amount of work involved in doing one of those things just because obviously there's so many facts to check oh my god and so many typos you can uh sprinkle around a, 300 page book
1: (laughs) I knew you were gonna bring that up (laughs) Um, yeah I mean that
0: wasn't a dig at your (laughs) (laughs) time oh there's Matt going on about the typos again
1: uh yeah I mean um yeah well I think you've seen me Uh, we were in Norway together right uh that, that must have been just, every uh, yeah, just over it a year ago. Yeah, just over a
0: year ago. April, was it, twenty nineteen?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. It was March because my birthday. So it was March twenty nineteen. Mm. Um, and yeah, I and well, you've seen me. I was just like, <laughs> just totally burnt out. I was trying to manage the charity, film, you know, film a new film with Patagonia and write a book and just generally function as a human and <laughs> definitely yeah. bit off like far too much that I could chew and. Also, I'm <clears throat> I'm uh, I'm massively dyslexic as well. So, writing for me takes a takes a really really long time. I'm not a quick writer. Like, when you see these articles or whatever, you know, like hours and hours have gone into that. And I also think yeah. the style of, of writing, uh, writing me really, like really short. Um, uh. Like, yeah, you, you know, have like, to
0: be really concise, don't you?
1: Yeah, you got to be super concise to get to the point, but. It, you know describe it and make it sound appealing or you know whatever the special characteristics that you're that you're shouting about it for uh, uh in like 125 characters or something <laughs> you know 150 yeah. words in each section so yeah kind of All right,
0: su- super good discipline like it it, it really that process uh, by the end of it you know you you can bang it out you know you can bang that stuff out like and you can be that concise you can get to the point i think fast track a fast track to kind of you know concise cons- considered writing is there's, there's nothing better it's just extremely stressful as you say you know
1: yeah I got into this really weird method where um like I'm, I'm quite a night owl so like sitting up until like one two three in the morning but I got this really weird technique where I would set a timer for I, I obviously had this list of places that I've chosen out like 300 places whatever um and so I had, you know, all the entries written out and I've chosen and kind of researched on this Google sheet. I would set a timer for 25 minutes and I would try and write as much as I could about that 25 minutes. And when the timer went off, I would stop and move on to the next one. And I like, would write. Oh, that's
0: the, that. That's actually a, a, a technique, isn't it? Is it? it? There's, um, <laughs> yeah, it's got a really weird name. I'm going to look it up. In fact. Yeah. Because because um... you know that you know there's this whole there's this whole industry based around not being distracted on the internet now. Um, uh, like I mean and, and there's like you know because obviously doing any kind of I mean they call it like deep work don't they in the cheesy American <laughs> sort of self-help um, way you know it's like there's a there's a book called deep work you know the whole idea that you know pre-internet it was a lot easier to do I'm using the inverted commas obviously deep work yeah. because you could concentrate more because obviously the theory being that the internet again not an original observation has scrambled everyone's brains to the point that, that it's actually really hard to concentrate for any extended period of time so when you try to do something like write a book it's really difficult because you end up just checking the internet and it's a real thing i mean it sounds so trivial doesn't it yeah. but you know like so there's enti- there's there's like bookshelves of stuff been written about this yeah. and then you know there's whole genres of like podcasts and stuff about it and this technique which i've just looked it up is called the pomodoro technique <laughs> there you go t- time management technique and um, the technique uses a timer to break down work into in- intervals traditionally 25 minutes in length separated by short breaks using a timer and the idea oh, is wait. that that's like the only so charlie brooker uses that to write um uh whatever it's called black mirror and right. like and you know there's there's like there's apps you can buy there's one called freedom which i've actually got that literally disables your phone and computer, so you can't you can't look at anything other than what you're working on. Oh, wow. So if you've got a word document up, you can put it you can put a timer on. I mean, it's fucking ludicrous, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? but but I like, but like it, it it is. That's funny that you yeah that that worked for you because it is it's a proper thing, is my point. You know.
1: Yeah, well, I would like to think that it was that considered and whatever thought through, but it wasn't. It was just out of pure stress. <laughs> <laughs> and having yeah, to yeah I mean like having to just bash it out and just like fucking get on with it like stop like looking at it you just go just yeah and then come back and refine and refine and refine so yeah and, yeah. and then I, I kind of worked when out I, for myself that like 25 minutes was the optimum time 15 minutes was too short yeah like and then yeah so there you go
0: <laughs> I mean it's funny that you say you're you, you know you're a night owl and that was what was working best for you because when I did the first book that that we did that was when I really realized I'm that I can only really work early in the morning. So I was like getting up at five and um, sitting down at half five and just try to do like two, three hours work before then. And I can't, before that, I'd not really consciously realized that that's how my brain worked best. But you know, when you've got that kind of deadline stress and you've just, like you say, you've got to do it, you've got to find a way of, of getting it out there, haven't you? And that, that's kind of, that's a habit that I've kept to basically ever since you know kind of realized so i was trying to get you to do this podcast so early and you were like "Now, nah, mate you're all right yeah. <laughs> we're
1: mates and all but i'm not getting out of bed <laughs> like, i was like
0: brilliant i can finally get someone to get up early so we can do it really early You like, no, way. no mate. <laughs> but yeah big yeah.
1: up big up sam Mellish as well uh taking the photos for the book so that was yeah i think that was the the connection there yeah
0: yeah ah sam's like an unsung legend like creative hero isn't he you know he just does so many amazing creative projects that 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 get get attention but i I, you know for me he's like a true creative because he he just gets these ideas you know whether it's the football documentary stuff that he does whether it's the gb park and pipe stuff that he did whether it's these guidebooks you know he did his thing about like uk roadside culture and it's just all done out of curiosity and and creative interest and then he you know and he does it And then he'll find a way of getting it out there and then he'll get it out there. And then he just moves on to the next thing. And he clearly isn't motivated by anything other than the curiosity about the subject. I I think that's just brilliant because, you know, he's quietly over the last decade amassed this really impressive body of work, hasn't he?
1: Yeah. And he's just such a pleasure uh, of a guy to work with really. And just so simple. And I think when you're working about something that's like, you know, you're, you're massively putting out there, and uh, obviously creatively yeah. for him as well with with the photos, but you know the photos really have to match the words. So yeah, big big up to to Sam. It was yeah pleasure, even though in the, in the midst but you, of it. <laughs>
0: you so you just mentioned you know we talked about the book. You mentioned the cherry, which is protect our winters. Obviously, I think what what's really interesting is you know what you kind of your career is like the reality of having a career in this industry, isn't it? You have to do like loads of different things, and you have to be prepared to try things that can put you very much out of your comfort zone, like, you know, like doing a book or like throwing yourself into the, the charity work that you've done. Um, how, how's, how's that been? Like, cause I think when, pe- you know, one of the things I get asked a lot on here from listeners is like, Oh, how'd you get a job in the industry? You know, like how does it work? And I think there can sometimes be this idea that it's like quite a structured thing, And it's actually the opposite, isn't it? Yeah. You know, I think everybody that has managed to carve out some kind of role in this very odd little world that we all work in very quickly learns that you have to be really adaptable and you have to be prepared to do loads of different things, really. So how are you finding that? Because, like I say, you kind of, like, really typify that with all the different things that you're... All the different hats that you're currently wearing, let's say.
1: Yeah, I mean... uh so there's times where you know it, it, it works really well <laughs> and there's times where you know it hasn't worked really well like when when you see me uh, in Norway probably I'm, I'm just thinking about that time because I was just so stressed out like
0: you didn't seem that stressed
1: like yeah I'm I kind of I'm quite good at like covering it with like jokes and you know whatever booze. Yeah, and booze <laughs> and booze although I've not been boozing that much but yeah like and uh, and you know being that kind of that caricature of like, that mad Scottish bastard that, <laughs> you know, like that uh, I guess is, is kind of fun to have around or whatever. But yeah, I think sometimes under that it's just like <sighs> the brain is just constantly, you know, ticking and going. But yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's quite interesting. Like I didn't really come into the industry in kind of air quotes because I never kind of thought of it like that until I was kind of like much later, you know, like I started working at skate park when I was nineteen, and before that, I was like what to be a professional golfer.
0: <laughs> I didn't. I did not know that. So in, wow.
1: Yeah, I was in the Scottish golf team, and like was super. I did not know that. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> Why? Was... <Right>, hang on. <laughs>
0: yeah. Back up.
1: <laughs> I was. I was wondering if I was going to be able to like skim over that or not.
0: <laughs> no way we skim over that. That's brilliant. Well, I guess you know it's obviously home of golf, right?
1: yeah yeah it's the the home of golf and we um yeah uh, i was was born in vancouver to to scottish parents um and uh when we came back we just we moved beside the sort of like local course and just all the boys were playing golf and i was like well i want to do outside you know and hang hang out with them so i just started playing golf and i was like 12 i think and yeah just kind of made mates for life and it taught me a lot of like discipline and you know uh was was just really good fun i was just you know didn't really think about the whole class thing that's associated with golf or whatever i was just out having a good time like for hours and hours and hours and hours you know just just with mates but what was really cool was like through all of that you know when you're when you're 14 years old or 15 years old and you're paired with like old Dottie, who's you know 71, and the ladies medal. Like you're gonna have to like think about something. You're gonna come. Up, you're gonna have to come up with something in common pretty fucking quickly to talk about. It. Um, yeah. Or it's gonna be a boring four hours. So it kind of taught me to like, I guess, like hold lots of different conversations and and find th- things in common with people like super quickly um, yeah and then I was in a really fortunate position uh that I got a golf scholarship um for my last three three years of school um and yeah it was kind of with the scotch golf team and uh and then I think you know as I kind of got a bit older like 18 the realization that my parents were you know I would say they didn't kind of become you know I don't know what you'd call it, but, you know, middle class into the sort of you know later 40s with the oil and gas boom in the northeast and, you know, <clears throat> that they weren't these, they didn't have endless pockets of money to just throw at me to go to tour school, you know, which is like yeah. 15 grand just to try. You know, it's 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 a horrendous amount of money. And so I think the realization of of that, of me not making it and then, you know, putting my family through some sort of like, financial turmoil was was kind of sinking in and I was just looking for something completely different like completely different and I'd always kind of like watch surf movies and watch throwboard movies like you know uh, I remember when channel 419 on Sky it was like the extreme channel like watching Drop Stitch and like Leslie and Josie and like obviously had no idea how they who they were like and right uh and just watching like you know drop stitch on tv and then you know whatever i mean like holy shit that looks cool <laughs> you know like totally you no know, that that looks like you know golf's literally got a rule book like it's literally got a thick rule book i mean like well yeah it doesn't look it has got a rule book looks pretty fun um and yeah so i was, was quite interested in it and then started skating at transition extreme in aberdeen and uh Yeah, Mike Hume, Steve Dogg, all those guys taught me how to, taught me how to skate, girls night and Monday night and, like, it was just, it was just amazing, like, I kind of felt like, um, I found my people, you know, (laughs) like, I was like, holy shit, this is like where, this is the sort of conversations and the outlook on life that I've been looking for, like, my whole, I guess, teenage years, uh, and, yeah, um, I guess I hung around so much that they eventually offered me a job.
0: <laughs> right. Okay. Uh,
1: and yeah. And then I guess that's kind of where it all started really. Um, like getting into the right. sort of industry.
0: But like you say, you didn't really, wasn't really like, Hey, I'm going to get a job in the industry. It's just the way, it's the way these things evolve, isn't it? You know, it's a really, from there you start, like you say, meeting people, getting your network, yeah. understanding the culture yeah and 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 kind of that more opportunities arise right if you if you approach it in the right spirit i would say
1: and i think like just meeting people you've got to remember like uh in my latter years of life i was uh my teenage years of school life i was i was educated in this massively privileged uh upper class um uh environment and uh you know pub, a, pub, a public school basically yeah 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 um, which one uh loretto
0: okay um, where's that
1: it's just outside edinburgh so it's muscleborough
0: um so is that is that kind of like is it Fetties? Is that yeah, so famous like, one? yeah yeah Fetties. gordon Stern for boys is it is it like that kind of thing
1: yeah so like you know you're you're sort of big uh i would say um you know, Eaton of the North or, you know, yeah. Fetties, probably, Loretto, Glen Hammond. Probably, import, <laughs>
0: probably important to say to non-British listeners that public school in the UK in that context actually means a very private school. Yeah. Like the, the most exclusive schools, like you say, in the country. And as you just put it out, like Eton, you know, kind of like the ruling, traditionally the ruling class go to Eaton, don't they? Yeah. And, you know, the whole British cabinet right now all went to Eaton. Yeah. Um so like you say, it's like that super privileged um, sector of British society, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's it's where, and and the best way, uh, one of the producers actually that I started working with last year at BBC Scotland, I'm sure we'll come to that, but he was educated in that sort of similar setting in his latter years of life, and because I got the golf scholarship, you know, it was financially accessible for me because my fees were paid, um, and my parents, I think, because I had a lot of these learning, dis- like, d- difficulties, were like, right, you're you're going, <laughs> like, whether you like it or not, you know. And I think, aspirationally, for, for, you know, my parents who grew up in the west of Scotland, was not many opportunities, you know. That that for them was like, you know, that yeah, you know, that's a that was a huge thing for them, you know, being able to, to 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 to, to send me there or 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 have those opportunities, and yeah, um. Yeah, anyways, he described it. It's like, you know, when you're educated, because I went to Allen Academy um, till I was 15 or 16. You know, there you're taught, you know, one day one of you might become prime minister, you know what? One day, you know, one of you might be clever enough and, you know, smart enough and have these leadership skills or whatever. You know, you might become prime minister one day. But the difference in these schools is that you're taught you will become prime minister one day it's not a matter of you know it's not a matter of uh, uh, uh of you know if, if that's going to happen it's it's going to happen it's just a matter of who and that difference that entitlement that like you know the the sort of really class you're calling about is is that that's the the, the sort of difference i i would say um, yeah well it's the
0: it, you know it's the kind of you know me and phil young in our last episode we talked about british exceptionalism yeah as a concept and that's kind of built in there isn't it you know oh totally. like that uh, like that your personal exceptionalism is an extension of of that as well yeah. you know and you know one of the lines I really liked about the Dominic Cummings thing that was doing the rounds was like finally the British know what it's like to be ruled by the British <laughs> you know because so like that, that that's that thing isn't it that kind of and it get it can, it, you know it's always pretty been talked about the idea that that ruling class is essentially res- responsible for all the divisions and issues in in the country mm-hmm. yeah you know, it's kind of a simplistic take but it does get talked about a lot so is that what you meant when you said you found your people yeah. you know like that 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 you would, and you also mentioned class when you mentioned golf which is kind of interesting because you you know it's the first thing that you said was like you mentioned the class association with golf yeah so it kind of you know kind of gives an impression of not being entirely comfortable in that um you know that world yeah yeah
1: definitely yeah Yeah, i didn't i didn't really feel it and and also just you know massively you know whether they like it or not just call them out massively sexist you know like how can my dad take our family spaniel (laughs) into the clubhouse but not his own daughter you know, like, when the, when the family dogs got more rights than I do, like, <laughs> it just doesn't look too good, guys, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah. like, yeah, I, I guess I, I wasn't massively comfortable there. And and so when the dream of becoming this LPGA Tour professional was was over, I was really looking for that sense of community, I think. And, and I found that at Transition Extreme, you know, I, I, like, I found the people there that, like, encouraged me to look at life differently to do things differently like the culture that you're talking about the anti-establishment the like the, the, the you know fuck it to the man like that that whole uh, you know approach to life and then um yeah just just building my network of of, of of true relationships and friendships there and just some other mad stuff and you know I met my first girlfriend there um and yeah she introduced me to the whole kind of outdoor scene um, uh, and obviously coming out, which, which is a huge part. And, and then uh, I also, my first flatmate at, at 18 was this guy called Youngo, <laughs> who I'm pretty sure the Scottish skate scene will know pretty well. <laughs> 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 like a long live Livy, like f- mad bastard. Uh, and uh, the flat was owned by uh, Clara and Anna Dawson, whose house I actually live in just now, so tied me to the whole Abbeymore crew. And so like, you know, the lines of that start to, you know, the world starts to become super small now. Um, and yeah, so going from Loretto to living, your first flatmate being Ian Young, concrete skate parks, <laughs> like, yeah, you know, I'm pretty sure I got sat down and made to watch the guys a couple of times.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, well, that, those are the formative experiences, aren't like, yeah. I mean, it makes a lot of sense because, you know, conversations we've had about your approach to activism, over the years just as mates you know like just chatting about this stuff because you know we like to get on the phone and have a have a rant about a few things right. quite often um and try and work things out as well and one of the things that really comes across when when i always chat to you is the fact that you really try and place community at the heart of your activism you know like through the through the work that, and 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 through how because you know we should say your general manager protects our Winters uk as well as wearing all these different hats like you know the, the as a writer as you know you're a tv presenter as well um you do work with patagonia you know you do all these different things but there's a theme that runs through what you do which is which is about the importance of community but also like an inclusive vision of community which sounds like a very obvious thing to say but i mean like harnessing that power for positive change right that is that is that sort of fair to say because that so because you that is something you've been really consistent with and you definitely you know obviously you take the work that you do protect our winners like really really seriously and you try and ground it in belief you know like that's clear you can really see that and that belief that you have i think from the outside does appear to be this community thing so it's really interesting to hear you kind of talk about where that came from you know is that yeah. is that kind of is that is that about the size of it
1: yeah i, I think so like i think that's yeah like, it's a fairly accurate like assessment i guess and um so i think there's two there's two folds there you know like the the exclusivity of the former years of my education and uh, and seeing the disconnect between, you know, real life and and that. But then, yeah, I guess, you know, like, activism without community is fucking pointless. <laughs> you know, like, at, and, and we see it all the time, right? We see it, it. It comes out as, or I think it manifests itself as, as like Instagram activism and, like, workshop activism and the holier than nigh fucking you know type of activism which is very about one's self, i think
0: um, yeah it's a personal <laughs> journey story you know it's like I, that's so funny that you say that because i was actually chatting to a friend of mine ours today about about this very topic and about and it leads to this wider conversation that you alluded to earlier when you said, oh, it's been ahead for the last few weeks. And there's this whole debate obviously going on at the minute across the whole world around, you know, diversity, but also very specifically in our little world, there's a big debate about it and how much we should engage in it. You know, and it's kind of been through the lens of this Nicholas Muller story as well. And yeah, it's one of the things we were talking about me and my friend Alex, like, yeah, you know, like it's, so much of it is this personal journey story, isn't it? You know, like, um, which is kind of fine to a point, but then equally it does just become very self-indulgent yeah. if you're not careful. Very because it becomes about, you know, the best communicators in, in, in that world are the people that, yeah, they've got, I mean, everyone's got that personal story. Everyone's got that epiphany, that that thing. But the best people who are the ones that have harnessed, that that's not the whole story. They've harnessed that to tell a bigger story.
1: To- totally, and I think like, Um, like you say, like very quickly, it can, it become, it it becomes quite self indulgent, and then therefore, to me, quite exclusive. And uh, I, I, maybe because I'm so sensitive to exclusivity, it's something that I actively try and prevent as much as, as as much as possible. Um, Because that version of activism to me, like, it just doesn't resonate with me at all, you know. Like it just doesn't. It just doesn't. Yeah, it just doesn't resonate. But like that, whole, and maybe it's the the West Coast of Scotland and maybe that more like grassroots groundswell, like. uh Red Clyde side, like you know, like that real like you know. That that version of uh, uh of accessible activism is the stuff that makes me sit up and go. All right, okay. Yeah. You know, like whether you're carrying around a reusable straw or not, you know, like, and, and the journey you got to there is, it, it, for me, seems a, a wee bit more, a, a wee bit shallow and then just always having to put your personal spin on it and and, and rather it just be like, you know, a more in- inclusive vision for a better world, not just your vision. And so I think it's a harder, it's, it's, it's a harder um, job to do um, because it takes time and reflection and you actually have to roll your sleeves up and uh, and be prepared to put the work in but it's uh I, I, it's something that or it's a type of activism that i f- I think is a lot more effective uh, and it's a lot more inclusive and resonates generally more with me um and, and I'm not saying that's right and um you know there might be other people that do you know do go in there but I just But I just, yeah, I just find it's it's not for me.
0: Do you think that you described it as Instagram activism? You know, do you think that is kind of symptomatic of the level of debate in our little world? You know, the fact that that is kind of where the the discussion is taking place?
1: Um, Yeah, so, like, uh, I'm not trying to single out activism in terms of, you know, like... Uh, on Instagram, I think Instagram can be a healthy place to, to to debate these things and talk about these things. You know, it could be a, quite a healthy medium. Sometimes it could be an incredibly unhealthy medium, depending on how it's being, being used.
0: I mean, I guess it's it's interesting when you talk about these issues in, in terms of um, our little, I keep saying our little world. And what I mean by that is like outdoor and action sports. And the reason I keep using that phrase, I've been using it a lot recently is because I think this debate that's ongoing has kind of revealed like how how far behind the the mainstream um, pace of the debate we are you know like a lot of the things that are being debated now are like you know pretty mainstream ideas and have been like well well worked through and well you know argued and and analyzed to death for literally decades you know but like we're we're belatedly discovering it in in action sports and outdoors and you can kind of see that um in the response to to the recent stuff and i i I guess the reason i also picked up on your thing about race sorry class and golf you know immediately you said oh you know but i've always thought there's loads of parallels between golf and like action sports you know they're massively exclusive they're massively white they take loads of money you wear silly clothes. You know, it's all about the kit. It's got loads of arcane lingo that you need to be. You know, there are the little safe spaces that you can only get into if you know if you know the right codes and you've got the right stuff. Um, I think everybody would accept that class is a huge factor in golf, but for some reason, people really seem reluctant to accept that it's a huge factor in in action sports and outdoor, which seems very odd to me, really because i feel like for me it seems like quite an obvious thing to say but people just see you know whenever you make a point like that people are like oh god don't bring that into it we just do these things because we love it but you would never get i don't think anyone in golf claiming that class wasn't a part of it and saying well we only play golf just because it's fun and don't start bringing class into it yeah you know
1: yeah and i think that's why we're becoming so triggered right now in our little world to use you to use that phrase and because I think we're a lot more conservative than we give ourselves credit for, <laughs> you know like I think you know uh, s- snowboarding action sports you know it's it, you know it's it's a lot about co- you know competition and consumerism and you know they they're the quite core uh you know if, if you're gonna be quite pessimistic about it, you know that, that has taken a lot of the the forefront and those things are massively conservative so um, you know, yeah,
0: and it's that it's at odds with the whole like, hey, we're free thinkers, and yeah, 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 and we're you know like we 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 like we we live and let live, and you know culturally we're uh, you know, and and it's again, it's a bit of an age old conversation, but I think obviously the the roots of these cultures were in that counterculture countercultural like non conservative areas. I think at some point they de- they definitely were anti mainstream, they definitely were countercultural, but I would completely agree with you. I think if you look at it now they are massively conservative and mainstream and you're right when you look at the reaction to things like black lives matter or you know whatever it is like anything that impinges on the, on that from the outside world yeah like you know you used to use the word triggered like yeah it really reveals the conservatism in the culture to a to a pretty alarming degree really i think
1: yeah well you know That obviously still exists because there was people, pockets of these like local legends when I started skateboarding, for example, that were like, come here, hen, uh, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll teach you what it's all about, you know, and, and there's obviously those kind of local legends that, that, that do really, I mean, authentically live the, the lifestyle uh, for air quotes or whatever, you know, but when you package and sell the lifestyle, (laughs) you know, like you've got to come Uh, like you've got to also reap the consequences that comes along with that. And I think when and I think that is infiltrated by materialism and consumerism and and competition and, you know, competition comes in many forms. I'm not just talking about winning the gold medal, you know, like that, that whole exclusivity around it, whether that be in creative spaces, whether that that be in, you know, whatever, you know, any, any aspect. And so, you know. When the mirror is held up for us to 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 you know uh uh help us uh, um analyze you know what's going on and how how are we going to respond to this and we think of ourselves as this free thinking fuck the system anti radical or anti radical radical free radical thinking and you know the comments <laughs> under the white lines post shows you that's no, you know that, that that's definitely you know we've got a lot of work here, and I, I don't think that's really yeah. at the core. And and I've been thinking about this a lot recently as well, you know, because you know you know like the work that I do, Protect Our Winters, is is obviously about creating creating a better world. You know, it's about it's about getting to net zero a, as quickly as possible. You know, because we are skyrocketing towards environmental uh, destruction. You know, there's no there's no beating about the bush about that anymore. We are like skyrocketing towards a three to four degree world, which, by the way, is is catastrophe. It's it's complete. It's it's impinging, you know, human life on on Earth. You know, let's that's it's extinction, you know, like that's what Extinction Rebellion have, have really been hammering home. And so, you know, <laughs> when I go and have these conversations about the climate change, um, in some pockets of the community it's kind of like ah fuck it you know like yeah don't bring that in here it's kind of like you know live and let live and let's just you know like fuck the politics and whatever but you know I can't think (laughs) and and so it, it kind of I get that pushback right I get called out I get pushed back people try and humiliate me sometimes you know because they're projecting whatever emotions they're going through and you know, it's taken me a long time to figure that out, <laughs> you know, which which kinda of hurts sometimes. Um, and so you're kind of like, you know, that the conversation's evolving, my knowledge is increasing, you know, like you learn how to have these conversations. Uh but like if we were really that culture, I can't think of anything more than climate change that is so fuck the system. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> because like everything is going to have to change everything everything yeah like everything public health transport like banking and financial systems you know, taking down like big banks banking differently you know the way that yeah we grow our food and agriculture like every every touch point in society is going to have yeah there's a real there's a
0: real opportunity to be genuinely revolutionary exactly it's
1: going to have to be revolutionary so if we are actually championing these alternative and revolutionary uh alternatives then (laughs) like where are we you know like like, i I completely agree and
0: i really i really i really um you know kind of chimes with your take on the conspiracy theory thing as well which we discussed and it's the reason why the muller thing is such a fascinating lens through which to examine so many different things like his own apparent issues notwithstanding and and should be sent you know should be sensitively um dealt with but if you look at it from 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 that point of view you know like your point about conspiracy theories yeah it's like basically being like lazy privileged thinking because you know if you if you look at the real world climate change as you say you know like yep. modern slavery like female trafficking yeah. you could you could pick a million issues <laughs> that are real and that are horrendous and that speak to the same kind of suspicion of authority and, you know, abuse of authority and all these things that are, like, truth-seeking, like, all these themes which is supposedly at the heart of, like, all your conspiracy theories, but which are basically based upon, like, pretty lazy thinking around stuff that is pumped out on the internet you know but if you actually put that energy towards the many many real issues that the world's bad enough you know you don't need to make shit up yeah like
1: yeah totally and that was the the text that i sent you you know like you don't need fantasy (laughs) to make this any fucking worse than it is like don't come and lecture me about celebrity pedophile rings like there's hundreds you know there's tens of thousands of girls that have been trafficked right now in the uk that's the shit that you can help that you can go and turn up to your you know like uh local rate uh charity crisis center and donate and help and support you know like and and for me that's where it kind of gets my back up because it evades us of all the civic responsibility that we have you know and- yeah it
0: just it just becomes you get you get to do you get to pretend you're the the fearless truth seeker you know all the all this stuff that 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 gets spoken about when people propound these theories, but without any of the actual responsibility to make anything change, or well, like, you know, because cause it's just a self-perpetuating circle of 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 what it is. But meanwhile, all the very real injustices and horrible things that are going on in the world just are going unchallenged. Yeah. But apart from apart from the ways they are being challenged, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's.
1: Well, I can't I can't change the system if I think it's run by fucking lizards, can I? <laughs> <laughs> you know like, like no yeah you know, like and so like it, for me that's where i get my back up a bit it's like i can't and 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 to change the system is hard work it's hard fucking work you've got to and it's organize, quite boring work it's and it's really boring work you've got to organize and mobilize and strategize and you've got to have difficult conversations you know like movement building is 90 percent tedious calls <laughs> And Zoom, mes- and Zoom meetings, uh, I would probably say five percent backing, you know, backing back and forth Google documents, five percent, <laughs> and the other I don't know four percent begging people to give you resources for for nothing because you've got no budget, <laughs> and then one then one, sorry, one or two percent, whatever we've got left, is the actual like protest, you know, like that that's 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 what actual community organizing looks like and that what that's the work that needs to be done to go and, uh, and 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 influence change you know like that's the real boring hard work and that's the work that we're prepared to do at protector winters uh, on behalf of the snow sports or action sports community but you know we also need some, we also need some 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 help you know we need we need you guys to champion these ideas because I can't think again of skiing and snowboarding or, or snowboarding, you know, any more obvious sport or, you know, <laughs> leisure uh, activity that, uh, that affects so obviously, you know, climate change affects so obviously than, than snowboarding um, or, or snow sports. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, um, I obviously don't know Nicholas and, But it's been interesting watching these, these, uh, these, um, these conversations unfold. Um, And I think we just need to, you know, we need to mature a bit and we need to have the emotional intelligence to navigate these quite sensitive topics um, sensitively. And, you know, I think now we are in uh, a, a crossroads, and I think we're gonna have to workshop our, our way out of this to kind of, to I think pull or or, or push um, or use our our community as a, as a force of good, you know, um, because in the same week that we're falling in and falling out at each other about the conspiracy theory topics and what's that, tra- you know, the, the wider conversation that's been transcending into, it's the same week that Marcus Rashford, all right. <laughs> He's got seven million followers on Instagram, but just saved over a million British school children from going starving by using his influence, by turning up to the doors of corridors of power and being like sort this the fuck out now because I've got my privilege and my fans and my sponsors all watching you right now. And you're about to let, you know, over a million school children go starving in the school holidays. And I'm not going to let that happen. You
0: know, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 a great point, and it's like the, it's probably the most effective piece of activism we've seen in this country for a long time, and it's so fascinating that it's by a footballer, eh? and also like you say, somebody that used his agency and his platform. I say footballer just because obviously they they do hold this unique position in our culture in the UK. Yeah, of course. You know, like lionized and demonized. You know, scapegoats for when for everything that's wrong with society when it suits politicians. So for somebody in his position to to like I say, use this platform and agency so effectively is is, is really like incredible and, and unusual. Yeah. But yeah, I mean it just makes the childishness of what's being discussed in our world really you know, it's really puts makes it evident, doesn't it? Yeah. The fact that like you can use these conversations and these platforms to to actually make quite a large difference.
1: Yeah, totally. And and you find you find alliance in the in the most unusual places, you know, uh, and, you know, I think people are, are, are finding that, especially in the UK and Scottish context so we were turning up and like, hey, um, my name's Laura McCallum and I'm the general manager of Protector Winters, you know, you're at this big COP26 movement. Um, you know, we want to stop North and gas drilling. We want to campaign for a commitment to an end date, whether that be maximum barrel extraction or an actual end date, like date and time. Um, we're a bunch of like people that like to go outside and do standing sideways and, you know, mountain biking, whatever. Um, but uh, anyone else up for it? <laughs> and, you know, like ever and it's just awesome, you know, like big NGOs we've we've found alliance with like friends of Scotland they've been amazing and you know all these different faith groups and like the whole civic society that we're just like okay you know like we we don't exist in a vacuum anymore we're here our industry depends on this our shared identity uh uh depends on this our culture depends on this so we've got too much to lose and we're here uh we think this is what we want um can, can we join ties and, and do this together and and through that you know like I've just it's just amazing the the friends and the connections that you make just uh, under a common cause at a common fight really
0: well what was really also striking about Rashford's approach was it was consensus building it was so inclusive you know it wasn't like hey you Tory scumbags feed the kids <laughs> yeah. you know it was it was really considered and really calculated and 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 it brought it brought everybody in didn't it you know it was like hey everybody we should all solve this doesn't matter what year you know he he even said like this is beyond politics and ideology yeah um it was it was so well done and so considered it like it was you know it's it's just a total object lesson in activism anyway but also how to use a platform like that for good right like yeah it it really was
1: yeah and like you know sport as a as a vehicle for for change and and I think sport has got a massive part in that, you know. Like, um, and I think if if you think about it, like, you know, the sense of community, the shared identity, the shared experiences, the uh, the rituals, and you know, the language and the the hand signs, and you know, like all that sort of stuff. Like, and I guess the empathy when you know it doesn't go your way, or or just literally navigating difficult terrain. You know, like. That, that needs coordination and trust and those sort of things. We can easily lift that out of our little world and apply that, that, you know, that uh, alternative thinking, those experiences to quite mainstream problems and be quite effective in, in helping tackle those mainstream problems, which, by the way, affects us, you know, we're all in some sort of silo. So when you say leave these issues out of snowboarding, like that is just such a, a uh, or, or action sports I just think it's such a privileged standpoint to come from you know because this is the real real issues that are going on around you require us to 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 step up and require us to to tackle them head on
0: well that's why you know I don't want to bag anyone like but I did a post on Instagram where I sort of asked why the snowboard media weren't covering the Nicholas thing and the diversity thing and that's kind of what, exactly what I was getting at you know like some of the responses that I got Privately, we're very much, ah, uh, you know, we're we're just here to build up snowboarding. Like we're basically making the point that that it should be non political, you know. Like we're we're uh, you know we just we just it's just about snowboarding, and I was just a bit like, really, like how like if there's one thing this story proves, it's that this isn't that that, that is the opposite of that, you know. Like that there are times when you do need to use this platform and agency that you've got as somebody in the media or an athlete's got, you know, if that's being abused, it needs to be investigated. And like you say, it doesn't have to be a witch hunt. It's just a sensitive, the key word is like, you know, be sensitive about it, be considered. Same if you're the media, you know, like just to say, well, we just don't go there. I just thought was really, not only, I just felt it really, it really represented a lack of understanding of actually what the power of that role could be you know and and like what the what the power the power to kind of affect positive change what an opportunity that was and how it was being just fluffed really and i i I found i just found it quite alarming because i was which is kind of why i posted what i did because i was it's just a bit like oh wow like we have got if you don't if you don't even recognize that that there's a there's a long way to go here you know really yeah and I, i guess another question i wanted to ask you on that was you know you mentioned earlier specifically on the climate change thing that you've been attacked personally you know you said you get you, you've understood that sometimes that can be projection because people are uncomfortable which is definitely something i also experienced last week um is that is is that getting better do you think people are more are more open in the case of climate change to consider this or do you still think people want that separation of political and non political
1: uh, yeah, that's a good question. I think um, people are more uh, open to it. Um, I would say uh, slightly, but um, I think you know there, there's there's still uh, like there's still a lot of work to do, <laughs> and I think you know like, um, n- but but I think normalizing these conversations and not and 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 teaching ourselves to have these conversations sensibly, you know, like. Again, it comes back to the whole like f- free thinking thing, you know like if like if we just argue with each other on Instagram about you fucking flew to Geneva and you did this and you did that, like it's so conformist, you know like us infighting about all this sort of stuff and calling each other out and whatever, like it's so conformist, you know like because we're just we're just we're, we're just taking the heat off the actual issues. so, I think sometimes, um, and maybe people in their, early in their, um, I'm going to call it like their activist journey, experience, um, sometimes because they arm themselves with a new knowledge and a new language, they go around and they attack people with it and patronize people with it. And that's not okay too, you know, like that's that. Um, I kind of, yeah, talked about that whole thing of like woke-splaining, although I don't know in the current context anymore if that's a, if that's a great word to, to use. But, you know, like... Uh, you know like that whole idea of just like environmental splaining to people you know and, and calling them out and actually if you don't know anything about climate change uh if you don't know anything about these issues like that's okay that's why protector winters exist we're here to educate you about these uh, about these yeah. issues and so i think it's um people get defensive because we're challenging uh their mindset around the issues we're challenging yeah. um the way that they uh construct and live their lives we're challenging their ethics and their beliefs and their principles around some of the decisions that they're making and then we're i guess kind of challenging potentially uh inaction and apathy potentially and and we're not doing that in accusation. you know like we we're gonna bash on we're, we're gonna do this you know we're doing this anyways so it would be great <laughs> uh if you if you could like come with us and help us to support us and, and add your voice to that um because that's what's gonna make the 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 movement more diverse and uh and and deeper and broader and you know like um but um you know I generally get it uh boomers fucking hate me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've had some, I've had some dingers. You know, I get, I get trolled on Instagram and, well, you know, whatever. But it just comes, up, uh, it just comes.
0: Up. Well, we did that, we did that Type Two Live thing for Patagonia, and you got quite trolled in that, didn't you? There was a guy that was like, "Who the fuck's this bird?" sort of thing. Yeah. You know, and I just thought again, it was interesting because I didn't get it; it was you that got nah, it, it. it. You know.
1: Yeah. It, I, I, and and you know, like it, it doesn't it doesn't happen in the whole. Patriarchal system, you know, like um, me and Dan Yates. So Dan Yates, who has Save Our Rivers, you know, we we do quite love talking together. And like I've actually been at talks where something that I've uh, I've been chatting about, which is my areas of expertise. Obviously, Dan's is is, is, is dams and hydro. And they'll actually ask Dan the question, and Dan will be like, "Well,
0: well, I I <laughs> I noticed it in Norway last year. I did just speak over you, just proving the point that uh, that we're talking about, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but." I noticed it last year, though, when you were presenting and somebody somebody spoke over you and deferred to somebody, uh, a, a male voice, Yeah. you know, and, like, I was a bit like, wow, yeah. you know, and to be fair to the person that was running that conference, they did call that out, um, yeah. but, yeah, yeah. Which, which is, really that, nice. is that, you know, as you, as you mentioned, you're, you know, you're a gay woman in a predominantly male, <laughs> very white male industry, like... Is that a consistent theme, like like having to work harder to to have your voice heard?
1: Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. And i and I don't mean that in like some sort of like, oh, I'm so oppressed and my voice is so, you know, siloed or like whatever. I I, I don't mean it, but like uh, in that way. But you know, um, I've had some horrific things sent to me from members of our community over the years that would, right, you know, right now probably, make <laughs> Yeah, make people's hair stand on edge. Um, But, you know, I think it just comes back to this uh, conversation that we're having. Like, what what is the world? Like, we get the scene we make, right? We get the scene we make. So when we don't call out racism, when we don't call out homophobia, when we don't elevate gay, trans, LGBT female voices, we get... A racist, <laughs> a homophobic, white narrative, you know. And so, you know, and, and 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 it's been actually really nice hearing you over the last kind of episodes. You know, apologise you you about the stuff over in Terry because you know it hurts. You know, like it, it hurts when uh, when your mates chat to these people, and you know, wherever it is, it's a joke, but you know, you walking down the down the, down the street with your wife. you have never been spat at and called, a, like, a fucking faggot, have you? You know, like, I was, like, and, and this is alive and well in Scotland and the UK today, you know? And and so, you know, just, even, even just before the, the, the lockdown, me and my, my girlfriend Kat were in Edinburgh, and this guy spat at us and was like, fucking dykes. You know, and, and, and so that's the world we get. When we don't call that shit out, like, that's what it produces. And I think maybe... We need to accept now that we get the scene that we make. We get the Scotland we make. Yeah, and that... And we have a responsibility that's why, to make a better one. You know?
0: Yeah, and that's why I did go into that in the last episode. And also why... Because I think, I think, like, they can, it can be well... In, you can be well-intentioned, but also contribute to the status quo that you think you decry. Yeah. And, and I think that's really, really subtle. Yeah. And I, and I and I realized, and that's why in the Phil episode, I was kind of banging on about the gap, you know, like the gap between an overt racist and somebody who thinks they're very liberal, and 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 in that centre, these things can flourish. And I think that that um, example that you raised with me and Terry is like perfect example because I had all the reasons in the world why I did that, mm-hmm. but ultimately, it still communicated an impression that that was fine and equally the people and and again I'm not trying to bag on people by by mentioning this again I just think it's so emblematic like the people that got back to me about the Nicholas thing and said we're not going to talk about it because we're worried about him that that is a completely understandable impulse and like a very and I'm sure it was really well meaning but the fact of the matter is what has been spoken about is very very toxic and damaging and by by not addressing it you you are effectively sending a signal again that it is acceptable and that if you're a famous enough person with enough privilege you don't get challenged upon that and those so those two those two examples there one involving me and one involving and i think they come from the same place i think they come from what it, it's well meaning but ultimately it's not good enough because as you say and as like it it still communicates something and yeah. it still communicates something which is damaging and i think that is speaks also to this fragility word that you used earlier and i used in the last episode as well like to even point that out is, is really difficult for people to to accept and like really difficult for people to you know that's why you get all lives matter yeah. and you know because because ultimately it, it is it is a hard thing to hear, isn't it? you know like, I'm not that person I don't think that it's like and you know i had a I had a debate with a friend of mine about the Nicholas thing and she didn't really under she kind of had a go at me. She was like, you're attacking him, it's not on and I feel like oh, okay I'm really I' really don't think I'm attacking him yeah um but and she was like, I don't think what he says is is, is anti-semitic and I was a bit like well i think you probably need to do a bit more research then <laughs> and then when i explained it to her she was like but he can't mean it mm. and i was a bit like but he said it yeah he's 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 been saying it for weeks and it's the same thing like it that that's what is important here this what's being said and what's being communicated and if you don't as you put it if you don't if you don't like address that with a sensible, sensitive conversation, that's gonna keep flourishing, and that's not gonna change.
1: Exactly, and like, you know, um, yeah, it, it, it's not gonna change, and you just, you, you, and the byproducts of that are, in this case, you know, um, uh, and, and these things going unchallenged and unchecked, is, you know, um, it's examples like Terry, and maybe in this example, Nicholas and, and that sort of thing. And, and I think, you know, that, that's where we need to come together and and kind of be like, right, how are we going to navigate? You know, because like like I've said, a witch hunt and what we've both said, a witch hunt is, is, is not um, good for anyone's mental health. We've seen that play out in the media where it's had, you know, life-ending consequences, you know? <laughs> um, so, so how are we maturely going to, to tackle these, these issues when this comes up? Because they've been unchecked and unchallenged these are the these are the byproducts of, of of that happening um and 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 how then now are we going to confront it and challenge it in, in a constructive uh a way and i think that's something that the industry the brands the the team managers the um the media the NGO, you know us we all need to kind of get around the table and and i think workshop this shit out because um, yeah, well have the, co- have the
0: conversations <laughs> have the conversations yeah. you know like it's not a binary position it's not you either support this or you're against it it's it's, it's complicated yeah. it's nuanced yeah and you should be able to if you if you're good at communicating which after all is supposed to be everybody's job in marketing and the media you should be able to hold that Space. explore that complicated position yeah. of of like well here's this issue which we might want to consider cause there's safeguarding and there's an individual involved or whatever it is, you know. But equally here's this position. So, you know, it shouldn't be binary. Like you say, it doesn't have to be either or. No. But I think I think, you know, it comes back as well to what you mentioned earlier, which is a really, really good point about how you how you you know, it's hard to say this sort of stuff without being really patronizing, <laughs> but how you do like help people learn and understand why these issues are important and without shaming people yeah. so 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 important you know i read a great quote earlier from Elvis Costello the secret to polit- the first rule of political pop is don't tell them it's political you know like um and I think I kind of I, I've been staggered really the last couple of weeks by how much work there is to do on that area and that's not that, that that's not on anyone you know that doesn't know about this stuff i just think it's quite you've got to really really seek it out and actively want to know it and mm. you know i think i think like to help people sort of get up to speed with the with the, the kind of with what's actually going on and how to approach this stuff sensitively is actually quite a huge amount of work and is is i think why brands are being quite rightly criticized mm. for not leading on that really
1: yeah. And, you know, we just, it, it's, o- it's okay, it's okay if you don't know. You know, it's okay to hold your hands up and say, listen, I don't know. Sorry, I'm late to the table. No, you're never too late to the table, actually. Fuck that. You know, everyone's got to start somewhere. You don't know what you don't know. <laughs> you know, you can't experience or you can't embody what you've never experienced, you know, like, uh, and that's and that's okay. You know, and I think so So many people are, you know, quick to jump the gun and blame people and shame people and, you know, whatever else. But like, no one, no one has ever, ever changed anyone's mind by shaming them. Like, no one has. And embarrassment, you know, shame is such a powerful emotion, you know, and, and we can probably think quite we we, all, we probably all have a memory that's very vivid about us being embarrassed or shamed and it probably will be at primary school or something you know it'll be quite deep seated like though that like that is qu- it's quite traumatic so and maybe this is maybe again what i've seen uh at, at Loretto being in, you know in these uh, educational institutions you know uh shaming people over lack of perceived knowledge you know and this is another thing that I've really loved over the last few years, especially coming to the Highlands, like, you know, knowledge is not academia. I'm not an academic person. I would say, I would say I'm an intelligent person, but I'm not an academic person. There's, and there's two, those two things are completely, completely, uh, <laughs> separate. And I know people who are quite academic, but, uh, lack a lot of intelligence around, <laughs> uh, around a lot of these issues. So, um, yeah, shaming people, calling calling people out in in that way where you know where they're trying to learn or trying to do to do better. We 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 have to be we we have to be careful ab- about about how we do that. We have to rightly call the things out that need called out, but you know, again, then what's the solution after that? What's what's the alternative? Because if you don't have the alternative, then shut up. <laughs> you know, like. If you don't have alternative to the solution, like, that's, you know, and, I, and again, I, I guess it comes back to the whole conspiracy theory thing. Okay, well, what are you going to do about it? Right, what, what what are you going to do about it? Like, I, I'm a, uh, I don't know, I live in the Highlands and I was speaking to my friend Jack about this as a dry stone diker. Jack's like, I'm a fucking dry stone diker, you know, like, <laughs> living in the Highlands of Scotland. Like, what do you want me to do about the Illuminati? <laughs> like, like, <laughs> not like I. All I could do is influence what's around me, and that's wash my fucking hands, stay at home, and just try and make life less shit for for other people. And I was like, you know, here, here, brother. <laughs> like, uh, you know, like we we can, like, what can we influence? And what's the what's the alternative? And I think, again, like we get the scene we make. Like, well and sometimes i've used language like let's take people with us and it can be kind of patronizing like no we have to now come up with the alternatives you know we have to come up with alternative solutions what are those what do they look like what do they feel like how do we communicate them how do we get people on board with them how do we take that from the action sports community and take it to the mainstream you know so people understand where we're coming at this or or the lens that we're applying to these to these issues and we yeah we we uh need to mobilize and uh, and do that work now because um this calling out without solutions is just really unhelpful I think um and you know it's not going to get us anywhere and we don't have time to sit and fuck around now either you know like <laughs> um in terms of I'm just going to talk in terms of the the climate crisis but like you know we we we, we have to get a move on like this is the science is screaming at us. Um and uh, and, and, and we need to you know we do start tackling that um, like now. <laughs> you know, we don't have time to sit around now and debate about you know whether it's real or not, or how that you know whether it should be in or out of politics or, or in or out of snowboarding or action sports, whatever. Like we just need to get on with it now. Um.
0: So where can people find out more about the work you're engaged in on that?
1: Um so uh, ins- Instagram, uh, Protect Our Winters UK, Facebook, um, our website. Just, just type in Protect Our Winters UK, and you can see the campaigns that we've got going on. Um, if you, if this comes out before Tuesday the thirtieth of June, um, we are, um, running a campaign called The Time Is Now, um, which is uh, virtually lobbying your MP, um, so, uh, asking your MP to, to. Uh, in light of the current COVID-19 situation, to build a, a better, um, a, a greener and fairer future for for people and planet. So the, you know, um, and, and we're quite in the middle of, of, of those campaigns right now, The sort of build back better movement after COVID, you know, not going back to normal, not maintaining the status quo. So um, you'll find a lot of information about that on our Instagram, uh, and you'll be able to kind of add add your voice to that and, if, and if, you're, if you're inspired about some of the stuff you're doing and you're not really unsure, you know, sure what to do, there's a lot of you know, info, infographics on there. We've kind of ranked changes that you can do from sort of green to black. Um, uh, but, you know, even if you don't have money to donate or, 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 or time or whatever, like, you know, just send your MP or MSP or your local representative an email and just, it will take you 15, 20 minutes. We've got the templates on the website, but just don't copy and paste it. Just send them an email and say, hey, my name is Matt Barr. I live you know, here, or my name is Lauren McCallum. Um, I'm, a, I'm a snowboarder, I'm, you know, I'm a mountain biker. I spend time in the natural world. Here's my experience. What are you doing to tackle climate change uh, in my local constituency? That like, and let them know that you're a scared Uh, about the the current crisis and b you want them to do something about it and then uh and then we've the the time is now we've got these sort of five principles which are the solutions um uh, to build in that so yeah that's that's probably the the easiest way to to sort of get on board Uh, nice
0: well you know show notes i'll get all the links in there make sure people can check them out
1: yeah but yeah that's it's cool it's it's uh i'll be finding these these conversations like quite interesting you know like um i came into activism like in 2013 when scotland was going through it's like independence referendum you know and and the the topics that we're having right now about you know colonialism and uh about british excellence and um about all these topics like i'm not saying oh I was so progressive because like, I landed on it first. I just happened to, <laughs> you know, like I, I, I was coming up with a lot of these conversations. I was having a lot of these conversations with my friends in like 2013, 2014, you know, like and challenging my perceptions and, and challenging, um, yeah, challenging, I, I guess, my worldview on things. Um, And it's interesting now watching with the Black Lives Matter movement with the um, and the conversations that that's that spurring on within the sort of snowboard and action works, you know, like, uh, the, yeah, the conversations that or the experiences or what that's bringing up for my friends. It's kind of, it's interesting. Cause I, I feel like I kind of went through that in, in 2013 and yeah, it's been, it's, it's been interesting to sit back and watch.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, they're not, they're not new ideas. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the thing. I mean I shared a clip on Instagram yesterday of David Bowie in like 1985 talking about white privilege to an MTV presenter and and asking why there's not more black musicians on MTV and it's literally the same debate that's that's going on now you know that there there's a lot of information out there and there's a lot of ways of of learning more about this um which can help progress the debate definitely and I think it definitely behoves everyone who's going to contribute to uh, at least have a little look at that before they do. Although you know, it's the internet, so people tend not to do that.
1: Yeah, and and you know, this is a, so I, I I got into all this because of land reform, right? Like I I was working full time and um, for Scot for Scotland, like um I uh like I couldn't afford to buy a house because um, obviously Aviemore's or Abbeymore's a very tourist tourist sort of mountain town if you like um, and so second property uh, is rife here and I was like well wait a minute like why why is that like why is everything so inflated like why can't I why why can't I afford to buy it anywhere why can't I afford to sell you know like it's kind of felt like this sort of suspended adolescent it always been kind of perpetuated into like I couldn't felt like I couldn't really like put my roots down anywhere and you know still haven't managed to do that but like you know I started looking into land ownership and who owns Scotland and what do they want to do with it? <laughs> and holy shit, that just opened up this like whole can of worms, like massive can of worms, you know, and like less than four hundred and fifty people own Scotland. You know, almost two billion pounds of, 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 of land is is registered in offshore uh, account, you know, in, in, in offshore tax havens, four point four billion pounds worth of property is registered in Scotland to, to offshore tax havens. And then, you know, starting to connect the dots of how how that, you know, in terms of land use and access. So this is, ties, you know, straight into the Black Lives Matter movement, straight into environmentalism, straight into equality and fairness. And and then I think that's kind of, you know, how, like, Right to Rome came around with Yoda and, and Marie. And they're like, hey, we heard of this thing called Right to Rome. <laughs> like, you ever heard of it? It's like... <coughs> hope everyone's got a full pint you know <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> okay stay there yeah stay yeah. There. yeah and like you know I, I remember people used to walk away from me in the pub i wanted to talk about this shit <laughs> yeah because whatever um but i found you know a group of people that that did foster me through those 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 quite complex things and i think it was interesting taking snowboarding and taking like land reform like to talk completely well actually they're, re- they're really linked but on on the surface might look not like not look so linked um and then that kind of you know tie those two passions together um which which i guess created that 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 film and then um uh i guess like you know then spurred that on to to to, to the more um environmental issues which is i guess how i, I came about with with um um with pow but Yeah, it's, it's, it was, it's really difficult, you know, like, unpacking this stuff is hard, you know, I think I seen something flying around earlier, like, this is not going to be an Instagrammable moment. You know, like, I used to think Gaelic, the Gaelic language, Scotland's indigenous language was like like a waste of space, like, fucking, you know, what's the fucking point in it? It's just, it's a dead language, you know, but like, that is literally, like, colonized thinking that's been like, brought into my brain. (laughs) <laughs> to 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 reject you know the the indigenous culture to to in the name of progression and profit and empire you know like and a way that i'd like to describe that is like and that was quite hard for me to you know, to like why do i hold these beliefs you know that like that was quite hard hard to, to 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 unpack and and yeah the way i like to describe it is like you know, I'm, I'm learning Gaelic and people are like, oh, what's that for? Like, what the, fuck, what the fuck do you want to do that for? But if you said, oh, uh, I, I'm, you know, I, I, I'm, I could speak Latin. I did Latin at, you know, whatever, whatever university. Like, oh, it's, you know, it's this, like, oh, great, you must be super clever. You must be super smart. You know? Well, that's
0: Boris Johnson's grift, isn't it? Uh, yeah. You know, but... Sprinkle a few Latin quotes in there and everyone thinks you really really clever and to be trusted essentially yeah well you know what you're saying is really interesting because you know it does link to all this because it is it's where the systemic thing comes from you know like ultimately we are a product of what we've how we've been educated and the things we've been told and you know the just as you're talking about that in the context of that issue you just described it's it's how you know you can see that in the relation in, in what Phil was talking about in the last episode about his perceived Britishness and yeah. like how he's, how he struggled with that his whole life. You know, it's, it's, it's a product of that. Yeah. You know, It's a product, as you say, of like essentially indoctrination. Yeah. You know,
1: well, it's the same system. It's the same system that cleared the highlands, that treated people as disposable, that treated black people as disposable as, you know, as slaves. Um, uh, it's the same system, then, you know, that it is now that it treats the environment as disposable, you know, extractive. And if we don't see ourselves as a part of that, you know, like I don't see, I I definitely see myself embodied in nature It's a part of me, you know, it's an extension of me, it's something that sustains me as a human being the, the air I breathe, the food I eat, you know, it's very much a part. But that system sees everything as external. So we extract it, we exploit it and we profiteer off it. And that is, I, you know, that's the, the work that we need to do now and, and, uh, and, and, and call out <laughs> that system. Um, and, you know, I'm not going to tell, I'm not going to sit here and lecture people. You know, I struggle to watch, you know, Read the twenty-four hour fucking clock, but you know <laughs> I'm not going to you know sit here and lecture people about economics, but you know the, the whole free market, uh, you know, colonial capitalism, uh, and, and treating everything as, as 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 disposable, you know, an infinite growth, the, the whole idea of in you know this infinite, we don't live on an infinite, you know, we live in a finite planet. <laughs> And the moment we're we're consuming two point five planets, you know, at the rate that we're going, and we only have one planet. So that's what we need to do now. We need to 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 acknowledge that as the oppressive system that treats, you know, humans, people of color, poor people, you know, uh, and 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 exploits them. Um, uh, and, and come up with a better system uh, that, that works that works for all. And that s- might seem quite fluffy and left and stuff, but it's it's honestly what we need to do now. You know like that's that's those radical championing of choices and alternatives that we need to come up with um, and the alliances that we need to build now to, to, to progress forward. And then obviously, also, the people who have been marginalised uh, and prosecuted within that system elevate those, those voices as much as possible because they're the ones that are, are uh, disproportionately affected from, from, from that system. So, you know, people of colour, Indigenous people, Global South voices, we need to elevate them as much as possible because they're the ones who have suffered suffered the most. So, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's, it's not going to be easy. <laughs> it's not going to be Instagrammable. It's going to be hard. It's going to be a lot of guilt. It's going to be a lot of emotions that arise, but we have to be okay with them arising. And we have to arm ourselves, I think, with the, intel- in, with the emotional intelligence to navigate those, those conversations and those feelings uh, with the right tools um, to so that we can do that properly and most effectively, I think. Um, and, you know, that's quite... Uh, exciting and liberating place to be in right like like it's not it's not gonna be all hard work there's gonna be some you know great moments in that movement building but um yeah like we we can without sounding all cheesy but we can do it you know we've got to believe it first we've got to come up with it first and then we need to we act on it and that yeah that for me is i find massively yeah ex- exciting and and it's what i guess keeps keeps me going cuz <laughs> there's a lot of shit in this that definitely doesn't keep me going but that that is the stuff that 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 really like you know I think will keep me uh, involved in this for a very long time
0: when was the last time you played golf <laughs>
1: uh 2009 i think
0: really yeah. wow
1: uh, yeah i probably uh, you miss it no nah. no uh, not really um I might come back to it you know when when the old knees are done and the back's done but uh, yeah but yeah for for now it's uh yeah it's it's mountain biking and snowboarding and got my got the the lycros caught up and we eventually been out in the road
0: bike we wee bit oh, that, happen- that, that happens to everyone
1: i know i know so yeah
0: again you know it's a lot, lot of parallels yeah shiny kit I know. uniforms lingo
1: yeah um which you know it uh, all adds up to something that can be qu- quite negative, but can all add, you know, all, can all add up to something that can be quite positive, you know, um, and and used as a as a force force for good. And I was actually digging around about that like last night, you know, and I'm just I'm just fascinated with Scottish people. I think they're just uh, <laughs> they're, they're just such a breed of yeah fascinating people, but. You know, identity doesn't give you virtue you know identifying as a snowboarder because we're Ooh, whatever you know it doesn't give you virtue it could actually be quite quite the opposite and as we're finding it's now coming with a lot of baggage <laughs> and small nine small mindedness and bigotry and whatever else too you know like <laughs> identity doesn't give you virtue and that's kind of I guess what you know, Robert, Robert Louis Stevenson was going on about when he was talking about the Scottish accent of the mind, like the Scottish cast of mind, which was a different approach to, I guess, the rest of people in the UK. Um, it was a different approach to, to law and justice, poetry, you know, mythology, and like, it, it kind of, yeah, it grew that, this different identity, if you like, but, you know, that, that doesn't always, it's not always a, it can be used in a real positive way, but it also obviously can be used in a, in a in a real negative way. And we have to use that identity with our shiny kit and our shiny clothes and language and whatever else um, as well. That force for good. That that
0: <laughs> that's the challenge of the of the vision you just outlined, though, isn't it? Because and that's where reactionary um, reactions to what you've just outlined. <laughs> have their power because it becomes about a threat to that identity, doesn't it? You know, it becomes, so that's, that is, you know, that was a really hopeful vision that you outlined and a really generous vision and a really, um, all encompassing and, and, you know, contextual idea of what needs to be done. Yeah. But people do see that as a threat, don't they? To that, to the, to their existing identity. And that, that is, thats that is clearly some fundamental part of human nature that, you know, you can see it in, in the debates about um, Scottish independence and Brexit. You know, it's about, it's about identity. It's about what kind of person am I? What kind of place do I want to live in? You know, what does that represent? Doesn't it? And um, those hopeful visions can be harnessed by toxic entities, you know, to to call it a threat to to your identity can't they and it and it is a challenge you're seeing that with the reaction as you said to even try to talk about climate cha- climate change to some people you know and and the vociferous reaction on that white lines post about hey we should maybe think about talking about race in the context of snowboarding you know it's like a really really like deep rooted emotional reaction to that from people because they did see it as an attack on their identity basically. That's a huge challenge, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it is. And, and um, you know, I think the whole thing about the Scottish uh, independence referendum is like, uh, and Brexit, like, the, you know, people like to, to draw parallels, but I was, you know, well and in thick into, in the independence referendum, you know, like I was, and you've never seen anything like it, you know, like people turning up at 8pm on a Monday rainy night, you know, swinging from the rafters, to call out politicians, you know, like it was, it was, it was so inspirational to me, you know, because again, maybe because I've educated in these, uh, in these in- establishments, you know, politics for the political class. Right. And all, and I was like, Oh, you know, this the local postie just totally called out that labor <laughs> MP, you know, like, Oh, <laughs> you know, like my friends were having all these like crazy, um, conversations around me and everyone was becoming their own little expert in whatever that was whether it was like taxation or defense or land reform or you know like all these insane conversations were happening around me and the thing that scared me the most was that i couldn't join in you know and i think that's maybe again where i find the exclusivity of activism if we're not welcoming if everyone was like whatever but people people took me by the hand and was like go and read this go and do that go and watch that documentary, you know, and then I would come back and be like, holy shit, did you know that Scotland was, like, owned by less than 450 people and the biggest landowner at Glanfeshy, and he's Danish, and actually the Danish have this really uh, progressive taxation law, which means that uh, it's building schools and hospitals and roads back in Denmark, but nothing here in the UK and nothing here in in Scotland. How is that fair? I don't know. How is that fair, Lauren? What's not fair? (laughs) You know. And there you go. Boom, engaged. Um... And uh, and that's that's what th- those light bulb moments will happen naturally for people in this conversation, whether that be about race, whether about be environmentalism and race, or or, or LGBT rights, or wh- whatever. You know, the the, the 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 sort of those light bulb moments will click for people. But we have to, but we have to hold space for that to 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 to, to happen, and not be you know not get up our own arse about it because this is what yeah you know it could
0: and not and not hold that binary position that we talked about yeah. you know have 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 the chat have the conversation yeah. brings it back to that why it's important
1: and, and so I guess the difference between the the, 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 the Scottish regime and, and, and brexit for me was like the right to self-determination to be equal <laughs> you know like we just want we just want to be a small operating European nation. <laughs> you know we don't want to you know like uh, it's obviously ambitious but we want to be equal to the member states we we want to you know we want to contribute we want to contribute to the world we want to but we just you know we just want to be you know we don't want we don't want Britannia rules the waves what the fuck's that all about you know like uh, it's not what we're on about we just want to have the the tools in our toolbox to be able to have the right to self-determination and who who am I or you or anyone else to deny that to anyone and I think the difference between that and the the brexit narrative was it was full of that english exceptionalism and that britannia rules the waves you know what we've kind of seen rhetoric that's been punted out especially by um some pretty dangerous uk media you know um and so yeah that that like if it if it was that for me i i I don't and i maybe just being a, a, a gay woman and being you know very very sensitive or wary about any movement building that is going to not make the lives of people more equal <laughs> or a better place very wary because you know there's been a lot of oppression there and I definitely don't want to put my name to anything um and so yeah it was it it, it, it it, I I can't actually tell you how revolutionary twenty fourteen was in my life. Like it was it was revolutionary because I, I genuinely thought I was a bit sick. You know, because I wasn't academic in a in a in a in a learn knowledge and regurgitate it. That's not how I learn. But you know, what was happening was like people in my local community and this can happen in snowboarding or any other community, was like oh, Lauren, like, you know, push her to the front. She, you know, and like, you know, my, my local community we were like, like, yeah, Lauren, you, you know, on you go. And they would like literally nudge me and be like, you say it, you do it, you you stand up. You, you know, people would push me into that, you know, into that, out of my comfort zone, essentially, be like, you know, I can remember standing up in the village hall in More for the first time and my hands shaking, you know, like, uh, <laughs> uh, and asking what, you know, SNP ministers about what they were going to do about... Uh, about the soaring house prices, you know, like that came from the whole land reform debate. And that being pushed out of comfort zone by your community is massively empowering, because that is the solidarity that we, we all I think, and the sense of belonging that we all yearn for. That's not based on the superficial, it's based on actual solidarity in the quest to build something better. And like, that is something that no, like, no brand, you know, no, like, n- no individual can, can, can create. It has to come from the swell of, of people and the desire to do better. And I think we can do that. I think as, uh, as an action sports community, uh, and you see seen it in surfing, you know, and I think it's slightly different because you've got that more custodian, you've had that more historical sort of custodian history within surfing, you know, we've not really had that in, in say snowboarding or whatever, but, you know, I, I think we can, I think we can do that. And there's people, there's brilliant minds and talent within this industry to do that justice. Um, so we just need to refocus on what actually the fuck matters. And, uh, and, uh, and go from there and we're not always we're not going to have to agree we're not always going to agree you know, <laughs> you know there'll be parts of probably protect our oh, winters and what you do that chime with you probably be parts that definitely don't but it's the same with i don't know independence referendum There was stuff that chimed with me massively and stuff i was like oh i won't be too quick to to you know run to that defense but that's just that's just life isn't it that's just we're built with hypocrisy being human is just full of inconsistencies and hypocrisies and and it's just owning them, I think, and being wary of them, uh, and uh, and you and not shying away from them, and uh, and owning it, and uh, and and trying to find and uh, trying, trying to find a solution, um, because that's you know that's really where I want where I want well that's what I'm hoping about the conversations that we're having right now with an industry that's come out of you know the discussions that we've been having that's where i hope that's where i'm hoping this is going you know like <laughs> i'm hoping that after the you know the initial shock of somebody holding up the mirror and being like oh fuck we don't like that you know, <laughs> like i'm hoping once we kind of get over that we'll be able to constructively put put this work into place um, um yeah i
0: agree and it feels it feels like you know everyone keeps saying oh you know these conversations are important and but i think I agree I think it's it feels like it's happening to me and I feel like like I say you know your vision of it's really hopeful and and generous which is which is great I think that's what it needs I think it needs that inclusiveness to for for people to not feel threatened and not feel alienated and not not feel like you know because they're wrong they don't have a place you know like it's as you say basically that's fine, and that's necessary, and that's what we need to embrace, really. So yeah, it's, it's it's a lovely it's a lovely vision.
1: Yeah, and you know, if 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 we don't have that that vision, then wh- when then where is this going? You know, and, and I've said this a million times before, but like, if snowboarders can't save fucking snowboarding, then <laughs> I mean, what hope do we have? Like, well, you know, no one's going to do this work for us. You know, like. We have to do it ourselves, so we have to 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 roll up our sleeves and uh, and get it done, and and maybe that that might be a bit flippant and a bit accusationary, it, it doesn't mean to be, but it's like, you know, we are the custodians of this. We are responsible for where this is going, and you know, stepping into that responsibility now is 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 really, um, I think what what we need, like what we can do, and and I think I'm hoping it it it, it will happen, and. Yeah, there's more collaboration, more support, more patience, more understanding. And, you know, like, again, it comes back to the system thing. You know, this is, this is going to be a revolution. You know, this has to be revolutionary. And, you know, a revolution without compassion. A revolution without patience. A revolution without empathy and love. And, you know, not to get all, like, you know, hippie about it is fascism, <laughs> you know, and, you know, we know how that, that movie ends, like, it's not, it's not a great thing, <laughs> you know, like, and, and so if this green movement, that's just, spoiler it, alert, yeah, you, know, you know, spoiler alert, doesn't end up too well, um, yeah, you know, it, you know, like, without those things at its core, like, uh, and then, and then let's just say uh, in the in the green movement, we don't want green fascism. We don't want a green version or the systems that oppress that have got us to where we are now. if We just swap in with the with the other. What's the like, What's the fucking point? You know, if we're not going to make this people this planet better for 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 human and beast, <laughs> you know, like you know, like what you know, what's the what what's the point? And I think yeah and I think that just that needs to be said and it needs to be reminded, you know, like a revolution without understanding and empathy in these things is 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 fascism, so let's just be mindful of that when we move forward and let's be uh considered um because words and actions matter
0: so there you go that was me and Lauren, and I hope you enjoyed it. told you she was a brilliant conversationalist with quite a vision for the role of activism and debate and learning. As usual, you can find full show notes over at my website. That's www.wearelookingsideways.com, which will have links that hopefully provide context to a lot of the stuff we talked about. Big thanks to Lauren for coming on the show and for fitting me in because I know she's proper busy. So yeah, a few things to talk about in this little instalment of Housekeeping Corner. First up, which is pretty funny, which is that a good six weeks after the episode... Derek Riley at Beach Grit obviously got round to listening to my episode with Chas Smith and was moved to cover the episode and the podcast on Beach Grit itself. Yep, hallowed ground has been attained. I've had the piss taken out of me on Beach Grit. Feels a little like what I imagine making your first appearance in Sued's Corner in Private Eye feels like. To be fair, despite getting my name wrong and referring to me as Matt Burr throughout, I still can't quite work out if that's a genuine... Mistake or a genius example of offhand dismissal. A bit like when Diego Maradona magisterially said, who is Butcher, when asked what he thought about Terry Butcher's comments on the hand of gods, which I think you'd agree is one of history's great put-downs. Anyway, I digress, despite the fact that he got my name wrong. I think they went pretty easy on me, really. And let's be honest, I did ask for it with that whole thing I said in the intro about... The website being the surfing version of the topless volleyball scene in Top Gun. That analogy, let me just say, gets him every time. It winds them up every single time. Anyway, that little piece is on the Beach Grip um, website if you fancy a look. If, I, if you don't, I wouldn't blame you. Um, I did have a very funny conversation. This is going to be quite a name drop with Dave Rastovich when I interviewed him for Type 2 and he said... Well, I said to him, so have you listened to any episodes of the podcast? And he said, I listened to your interview with Charles Smith, actually. I thought, you know, I thought I'd better check it out and uh, see what you're up to. I was like, all right, what do you reckon? He's like, well, I'd never heard of Beach Grit. I was like, what did you think? He's like, well, I went and had a look. Imagine spending your life doing that, which I think pretty much covers my views on Beach Grit. But anyway, um, have a look, see what you think. I've actually got Derek Riley coming on the show. Um, because the first thing I did after I saw that was email him and say, well, come on then, let's let's get you on here and have a chat about it. So that's what we're going to do at some point, so keep an eye out. Um, elsewhere, well, what a response to my episode with Phil Young and also my housekeeping corner comments about, well, a lot of different things, including the Nicholas Muller saga. Far too many comments to go into here, but thanks to each and everybody who's been in touch with their considered views, criticism, feedback all the rest. It's all very welcome and appreciated. If you follow me on Instagram over at We Look Sideways, you'll know that I tend to continue the conversation post episode through my Instagram stories. That's probably the easiest way to contact me, actually, if you've got any feedback or criticism or whatever. And, you know, there's there's always a really nice dialogue that goes on through Instagram stories. So if you want to get involved with that, go and have a look. Had a lot of people saying how brave they thought I was for copping the criticism of my Terrier and Muller episodes on the chin, a little bit like um, I did with Lauren in this episode. But let's be honest, I'm so ridiculously privileged doing what I get to do for a living that I think calling it brave is a bit much, much as I appreciate the sentiment. You know, it's all part of the game and process, if you ask me. On the Nicholas thing, I did end up posting about that on Instagram, as I think I mentioned again in this chat with Lauren. And I... As I explained, I basically called out the media for not covering it. The response to that and also the response to the thoughtful stories subsequently posted on White Lines and Empora really did show me just how far we've got to go before we can have any type of debate beyond the there's no such thing as racism in snowboarding because everybody is covered up all day, which is an actual real-life comment that I assume an adult left on the White Lines post on Instagram. So, yeah... The scales continue to fall from my eyes on just how much work there is to be done when it comes to education guests and the exploration of concepts that can help further the debate, which, as I said last episode, I'm going to keep trying to do through the podcast. On the Nicholas story itself, I just think, you know, the last week has just confirmed to me that I do think it's probably the most revealing and important snowboarding story of the last 20 years, really, given what a mirror it holds up to the issues in snowboarding and at large, and I do include the issues. Um, there's a lot of speculation about what's going on with Nicholas. There's a, there's a lot of people that seem to think that there's um, a safeguarding issue at play. You know that that is a totally legit angle on this. Like I say, there's so many layers to it. Um, you know, endless angles on this one. And like I said to Lauren, I've been truly amazed that people of power and influence in the media either don't see that or don't know where to start covering it i mean that in itself is usually revealing about some of the systemic problems we've got in our industry you know somebody said to me well i didn't know how to cover it so i didn't i was a bit like well you could find somebody who could cover it groundbreaking i know um didn't make myself that popular saying that stuff online but i did think it needed saying so i said it um So yeah, let's see how that one unfolds, really. In my newsletter this week, I did post a couple of links to what I thought were very interesting stories that contextualise the whole thing further, if you want to check that out. Um, So me appearing on other podcasts update, I often get asked by listeners to be a guest on this show, because it is a thing in podcasts, like hosts appearing on their own shows as guests. I mean, it's never going to happen because I think podcasters appearing on their own show is proper sharp jumping territory myself. Um, But that's just me. But that said, I don't mind going on other people's podcasts, which I've been doing a bit of recently, and I'm very honored to be the first guest on a new podcast called Active Minds, which is about mental health and related issues. Uh, It's a long old chat between myself and my old friend and presenter Dave Jordan about growing up in Manchester, how I ended up doing this ridiculous job the importance of female role models why the story you tell your kids during a divorce is crucial and loads of other stuff um have a search for active minds wherever you get your podcasts i probably will post about it on instagram over at we look sideways so you could have a look at it there but yeah have a listen make sure you subscribe dave's a great interview. i think he's really onto something with this format and topic so uh active minds have a look all right there you go that actually turned into quite a long housekeeping corner didn't it anyway thanks for checking this one out i'll be back next week nice one